Hey guys, welcome to the Sunflower Foreigner podcast. My name is Joe. I'm your host. If you're interested in travel, exploring cultures, or learning about my journey as a black woman living abroad, this is the perfect place for you. Stay tuned every Wednesday for new advice, stories, and my travel shenanigans. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Sunflower Foreigner podcast. My name is Joe and I'm your host. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So this is the second episode of the season two where I'm talking about China and my travels in China and my experiences as a black woman in China. So let's get right into it. I um, wanted to wait to make this particular um, post because the word racism can get thrown around so many different ways when it's about someone living abroad or something like that. And I wanted to make sure that I had valid reason to talk about it as opposed to it just being, you know, uh, like a spicy topic, you know what I'm saying? So in terms of racism in China, I don't know if I would say it's blatant racism. Obviously, there were things that happened that I'm going to share, but I can't really tell if it was blatant racism or if it was... Um, just prejudice. But both of these things are based on stigmas and they're based on stereotypes of what people think black people are like. So to start off, in China, China is pretty much a homogenous country as well as Korea, where I've lived before. So if you haven't already listened, go listen to the Korea podcast first, the season one. But they're both homogenous countries. And with that, comes, um, how, how, how do I say, when people are growing up, they are taught a certain way within schools, you know, and so people grow up thinking a certain way about foreigners in general. That's just, you know, what it is. And it's not until people get older and they have experience in life and maybe experience with foreigners that they start to change their um, ideas. And they might not even know that they believe these things. They might be like inner beliefs that they don't even think about until they're challenged when they meet someone who kind of challenges those things. So in China, what I found is that most people don't even think that black people can come from America. Like, I can't tell you if I could, if I had a nickel, you guys, for every time somebody asked me, are you from Africa? And yo, listen, my ancestors, yes, they're from Africa. I get it. And I don't have a problem with that. But what I'm saying is, is if I get off the, the, you know, plane from America and the only thing people ask me is if I'm from Africa, it's clearly because they think that people cannot, like black people don't really come from other places but Africa because that's the stigma and stereotype that they've learned. Like, okay, black people, we associate that with Africa, which I mean, is smart logically, <laughs> you know, but there are people all over the world who look like me who are not, I mean, I went to Honduras and there's a whole city of people who are as dark as I am. And it's just a beautiful city. Uh, La Ceiba is what it's called. Um, but yeah, so I think they don't know that a lot of people are from all over the world. They just assume that black people are mostly from Africa. Now, with, the, with social media and the help of entertainment, more black artists and things like that are getting seen in China or in other parts of the world. But... I would say it's probably still very low compared to other places. But with that being said, that means that their vision of Americans is like a blonde-haired, blue-eyed foreigner that's like very European-esque, you know what I'm saying? And so because of that, 
they have no concept of a black person in uh, China, what that looks like, you know. And I realized that a lot of it did not have to do with children. I In Korea, a lot of the kids were kind of, well, kids and adults, but the kids actually were very, um, they could be ignorant sometimes and not know. So you can't fault them because they don't know. But they would be the ones who'd be like, oh, my gosh, you know, look at look at her skin, blah, blah, blah. They are very vocal about, you know, certain things they didn't like about black people. However, in China, I did not experience that. The children could not see color. Uh, I wouldn't say could not see, but most of them did not see color. Did they still stare and stuff? Yes. But a majority of them, when I taught, they were hugging on me. They were giving me, you know, love. They did not care about the fact that I was a foreigner. It was mostly, I would say, the racism I experienced was mostly like 90% adults. And that was something that I was like, yo, like people out here really don't know about foreigners so that was my experience in living in china and i lived in a few different cities in china so the experience was the same in both cities my students in china were like the literal best they're like the oh my gosh they're the best and that was something that a kind of bond that i didn't even know i needed but i found it in china with these students because a lot of them were so selfless and they loved you regardless of what you looked like. They didn't care. And it was that, that, that really helped me to get through my living in China, to be honest with you. The next thing I'm talking about is the fact that like racism in China wasn't really blatant like it is here. You know how in America, if you hear someone say, Hey, N word, you know, okay. All right. That's deep rooted in culture that, okay. Ooh derogatory you know but in China people aren't saying that word to you they're not they're not being blatant and bold and yelling out and they're not doing that what I notice is it's little like microaggressions that would happen that I'd be like huh and it would be so subtle that I would not know how to feel about it so I would feel some type of way but be like am I validated in this feeling like But after they started happening over and over again, I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, I'm validated. Like, dang, you know. So uh, the example I want to give is I got got on the city bus to go to the mall. Now, in America, I haven't been on a bus in America in a very long time. But the last time I went on one, when you walk on a bus, like a, you know, local bus, typically in the very front, there are seats that are... um, along the sides on both sides of the bus that are facing inward for people to sit down. And typically these people are older. It's kind of like, you know, the the older section of the bus. So what happened was I got on this bus in China and most of the seats were taken except for the ones all the way in the back. And I have really long legs, so I don't like to be climbing back there when there's tons of people. So I got on the bus and I saw that in the front there was a seat available. There was a woman... And there was a, you know, there's a woman sitting down on one side. There was an empty seat on another. And then there were a seat in the middle. So she was sitting on one seat, empty seat, empty seat. So I said, okay, cool. I'm going to sit next to her. Like, cool, whatever. So I sat down next to her just in case, you know, somebody else wanted to squeeze in. It'd be easier (laughs) than, you know. So I sat down or whatever, and I didn't even think about it. But then a, f- a few seconds later, she, like, gives me this really, like, um, I want to say disgusted, but disgusted look. And then she gets up and she stands for the rest of the, the trip. And I'm just sitting there alone. And I'm thinking, 
do I stink? Like, do I smell bad? And I know I don't smell bad, y'all, because I get compliments all the time. But I know that I wasn't out there funky in the streets. Like, no. <laughs> so I was like, what the heck? So I, but and I, I knew that, like, maybe she had, you know, what, I was a foreigner. I don't know. But I was thinking, what the heck? Like, what's going on? And I just chalked it up to her being crazy. You know, I was like, okay, she's crazy, whatever. But then it started happening more and more when I got on the buses and I thought, oh my gosh, like people really don't like sitting next to me because I'm black. Like, whoa. And here's the thing. It's really hard to differentiate because if you get blatantly uh, told something in America, the N-word or whatever derogatory term, you know that it's because you are black. You are, you know, not the same. But in China... There's a, a feeling that people have towards foreigners and also black people. So you can't tell whether it's because I'm just foreign and they don't know what to do or if I'm black and that's why they're acting that way. I guess it goes hand in hand in, in the end. But um, that was something that I really experienced. And I was like, bro, like, what the heck? Like, what's going on? So for me, in terms of racism in China... I did experience a level of racism in China, and I had to learn how to cope with it in order to um, kind of function without being jaded, because I went to China not knowing anything really about the culture. I knew about the country a bit here and there, because once I realized I wanted to go, I started studying it, but I didn't know anything about the culture or the historical background of China or their people or what they thought or their beliefs, and so when I started seeing all that stuff, I started asking questions to people who would be honest enough to talk about stuff. And a lot of the things that I got were like, oh, yeah, we don't really see any black people here or I've never met a black person before. Or I see, you know, black people on TV and they they always have guns and they're always violent. And so a lot of it comes from the stigma of what they believe black people are or what the representation of black people is, uh, you know, globally. And I think that that was something that I started to look at and go, okay, well, how can I use my time here in China to school them, like to help them to get a better um, vision of who people are, not just black people, but just people in general? How can I help to kind of shape their mentality a little bit more? And so I started really using a lot of my um, time in China to help others learn more about who I was as a black woman and what that looks like. Um, you know, learning, teaching people, you know, don't touch my hair. Don't just walk up and touch. That's rude. Like, stop it. You know what I'm saying? Or don't don't stare and point because it, it doesn't feel good. So, I mean, these are kind of extreme. But I literally would stare and point back. If someone was taking out their phone to take a picture, I would take my phone out and take a picture of them. And I would just do, I would mirror what they were doing and they would see that it was wrong. And then they'd be like, oh, and I'm just like, yes, it's rude. Don't do that. But once I got past that, it was probably, mm, uh, probably a good eight months of going through that and kind of like learning, okay, how do I cope with being here? After those eight months, I could I could see myself not seeing the little microaggressions anymore. Like I didn't really care about them anymore because I knew that they weren't from a malicious place. They just didn't know. And it's not my fault that they didn't know. And it's not my fault for being a black woman. You know what I'm saying? So 
after those eight months, I enjoyed myself in China and I was there for three years. I enjoyed it. I had a blast. I had the best time and I would just be myself. And that was something I think China kind of pushed me to be myself a little bit more than in Korea, if I'm being honest, because I kind of felt like, yo, they're going to believe what they want anyway. So I'm about to be my bubbly self. And that's what I did. And um, I had the best time in China because of that. Because I was able to let go of what I believe that they should believe about me. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm actually this way. I'm not ghetto. I'm not this. I'm not that. They need to believe that. No, they don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to someone's country to tell them what they should believe about me. I can show them who I am. And if they choose to see it and appreciate the awesomeness of who I am, then great. But if they don't, then great. It doesn't change how awesome I am. It doesn't change that I deserve to be here just like anyone else. You know what I'm saying? So when I got to that mindset, y'all couldn't tell me nothing. You couldn't tell me nothing, bro. Like, because I realized, okay, cool. Like, I'm here. People are going to feel how they're going to feel anyway. I might as well live it up. Live my best life. You know what I'm saying? So just be encouraged. If you're going to China or to Korea or any place that's homogenous, really think about the fact that regardless of how people see you, that does not change you. And it won't. It won't change you. It won't change your experience unless you let it. So once I got to that point, I was really golden. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, yes, I did experience racism uh, in both countries, but I didn't allow it to dictate how I felt about the country. Well, is that true? Uh, it's kind of true. <laughs> there was a period of time when I was in Korea when I hated being there um, because of how people were acting. And this was before I had gotten to China. So it was before I had developed a mindset of like, hey, people are going to feel how they're going to feel regardless. And I just have to live it my life the best way I can. But there were, it was a time where I was jaded because I went to Korea. Now, here's the thing. And this is not necessarily about, it could be Korean dramas or Chinese dramas. I went there with this thought of like what Korea dramas or Chinese dramas were like. But you notice that in these dramas, it's never with a foreigner. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're falling in love with this foreigner and that's how they're treating the foreigner. But I assume that that's how it would be. Meaning like they'll take care of you. They'll be protect you. They'll be nice to you. And then when I didn't see those things from time to time when I was walking about or when people would stare at me or point at me or whisper about me, I felt so jaded. You know what I'm saying? Because I thought this is the expectation of what I expect people to treat me like versus what I was actually getting in reality. And in China, I didn't experience that because, number one, I didn't really watch a ton of Chinese dramas, so I didn't know. But I had already kind of had a sense of... Um, what to expect in a in an Asian country or homogenous country as a black woman. So Korea prepped me for China. And then when I got to China and realized that this is what it was like, it pushed me over the edge in terms of, hey, this is the mindset I'm going to need to have in order to not just survive here, but I want to thrive. So in order to thrive, I really needed to, to adapt a new mindset because regardless of if someone's staring or pointing or whatever they're doing, that's not going to change anything about me or my experience here unless I let it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast today. This is what I wanted to talk about. Just know wherever you go, um, 
keep your mind right. That's it. Keep your mind right. Remember who you are. Remember to celebrate yourself because those are the things that help you to, number one, uh, continue to take care of yourself, but number two, help people to understand you, foreigners, and, you know, black people in terms of uh, what it's what they're really like versus stigmas that might be believed. So, Anyway, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I can't tell you enough how excited I am to see people reaching out to me because of my podcast. I'm super, super grateful. Uh, hit me up on any of my social medias at Joza World. Um, Instagram people DM me sometimes from here. So, and make sure you guys check out my website, josaworld.com, where you can learn all about traveling to Korea. If you want to travel to Korea or you want to learn Korean, definitely check out josaworld.com because I have a bunch of tips and tricks and all kinds of stuff for you. Anyway, have a good day. I'll talk to you later. Annyeong. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope that you enjoyed the episode. I will be back here next week on Wednesday, so make sure you tune in. If you want to contact me or hit me up, make sure you check out my socials, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. All of them are at Joza World. I will see you next week and talk to you soon. Bye.